our God is able. He said something. He said he never gave up. He kept praying. And one day he found that hope. And the Lord took both of those things out of his life. Uh, I want you to know that I'm very excited to share with you a brief story this morning that comes from the Old Testament. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, get ready, get ready. That was two get readies. Get ready, get ready. Uh, I, uh, we're in a series here titled Hidden Figures. It's a, a second part of a series that we did three years ago, three summers ago. Uh, we looked at some pretty obscure people in the Bible. This, this year we are revisiting some incredibly hidden figures that we find in the Word. And today is no different. I am excited to share with you a story uh, of, of a woman whose impact is beyond just one generation. Uh, her, her impact carries on to each and every one of us today and you will see how uh, it was literally literally through this lady this woman who God had placed in a certain position at a certain time because of what she did the messianic line was not broken the messianic line continued that the prophecy that the that the messiah would come through the line of david that was not broken because of something that this dear woman did. The entire history of the world would be different. Uh, and as we take a look at her, um, sometimes she's glanced over, maybe even missed, maybe you're not even aware of her here this morning. Uh, her story is one of those hidden gems, hidden away, tucked away uh, in the folds of the Old Testament, the history and the lineage that, that takes place there. I want you to know uh, that today we're going to be talking very quickly about someone named jo- this lady. Her name is Jehoshaba. Uh, Jehoshaba is uh, uh, an incredible. Her story. Uh, Jehoshaba is found in Second Kings chapter eleven, also Second Chronicles twenty-two and twenty-three. Uh, Jehoshaba. A couple of things to note about her. Uh, she her name means the Lord is great. She is married at this time to the high priest. His name is Jehoiada. Uh, she loved the Lord. She loves the Lord in this moment. She is the daughter of another king. She's actually the daughter of a king who is married to the high priest. That king is Jehoram. Jehoram became king of Judah when his father Jehoshaphat was actually still king. There was actually a, in this period of time a co-regency. They were both kings. So his father was king. He was also placed and named king. They served together for a time. And then things continued to go a little crazy when Jero, uh, excuse me, when Jehoram took the throne at the age of 32, he reigned for eight years. And in order to secure his position at king as king, he killed his six brothers. He took their lives so that there would be no one to challenge him or to be deceitful behind his back, and he killed his six brothers. In order to bring unity between Judah and Israel, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, King Jehoram marries the daughter of the king of the north of Israel. And that uh, queen's name was Athaliah. Athaliah was a wicked queen. She was the daughter of King uh, Ahab and Queen Jezebel. How many of you have heard of Jezebel? 
How many of you know there's not too many young ladies now who are named Jezebel? There's a reason for that, right? We don't want that name. We've all heard of that name. This is the daughter of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. Uh, Jehu is made king of the northern kingdom and he begins to wipe out the line of Ahab and Jezebel including Athelia's husband and everyone in line to the throne uh, there's some incredible moments of, of murder and treachery this is like a blockbuster movie right before our eyes today and here in those, this moment uh, Jehu kills all of the males of the bloodline of Jezebel, as I mentioned, even including Athaliah's husband. After Queen Athaliah's husband and son are killed, she, I am sure, felt very vulnerable. Uh, felt very uh, vulnerable. And because of that, uh, overcame with a controlling sense, a need, a paranoia in her life. And she developed a toxic mixture of control and hate, moving her to even murder. And her, she murdered... Listen, I, you read the pages and you say, what in the world? How could she do this? Because of her paranoia, she took the life of her son's children. All of their children were wiped out somehow to protect the throne for herself. She is the only female to rule over Judah. She may even have gloated at one time to that she had snuffed out Judah's royal heirs, making it impossible, as she thought, for God's promise to be fulfilled that there would be a Messiah through the line of David. She thought she would break that, it would stop it, that somehow her line then would continue. For six years, Athelia served as the queen of Judah. We take a look at the story in 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. Beginning with verse 1, it says, When Athelia, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoshaphat, Jehoram and Ahaziah... I'm struggling here today. These names are killing me. Man, I had them down. It's okay, you can laugh at me. You're just glad you're not up here trying to pronounce those names. Right? Jehoram took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom and they hid him from Athelia so the child would not be murdered. Jo Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Athelia ruled over the land. So for six years... Uh, here, Jehoshaphat, who is our hidden figure, all of a sudden realizes that these children are being put to death. 
She goes and she gets Joash, this son, and she steals him and his nurse away and hides him in a bedroom while this is taking place. Later, put in the Lord's temple and hidden away for six years while she rules. She thought she had taken care of the line and maybe they had so many she just lost track of them. Come on, grandmas and grandpas, how many of you have ever called your child by the wrong name? Who are you? Whatever your name is, get over here. Right? Come on, how many of you have ever been called by the wrong name? Right? So here she is. She thought she's got this down. I'm going to read for you. I don't have this story on the screen. But you need to understand that in this Second Kings chapter 11, moving through uh, the, the, the pages of here, in fact, why don't you write these, these, this passage down if you're taking notes. Uh, here we are in, in uh, Second Kings, we're looking at chapter 11, beginning in verse 4, and it goes all the way through chapter 12, verse 3. And the story of what takes place as Joash is hidden. And, and I'm going to just kind of paraphrase the story for you this morning. As she uh, steals him away and she grows, the, the, the queen Athelia rules in power. And here she comes upon some days that all of a sudden uh, there, there begins to be a coup. Uh, that takes place in the kingdom behind her back. And her Jehoshaphat puts a plan together and she now goes and gets Joash who has been trained by the high priest. The high priest has been training him, preparing him, feeding him, taught to love the Lord. In this incredibly wicked day, this child was beginning to learn the ways of the Lord and being taught the ways of the Lord. And now is the moment and there's a coup that begins to take place. And all of a sudden, hidden from the queen, they bring Joash in to the center, to the Lord's temple. They anoint him king. There's a celebration and a party. Athelia hears it. She's, what is that noise? She actually comes in and sees this child being anointed king. She starts yelling, treason, treason. They seize her, take her outside of the temple, and they put her to death and all of those who followed her. And all of a sudden, in that moment, Joash now becomes king. I want you to know something. No matter what the enemy intends for evil, no matter what he intends to destroy, Athelia thought that she had somehow destroyed the messianic line and put it to death, I want you to know today an incredible truth that is so powerful, God always wins. God always wins. You may see dark circumstances, I want you to know that God always wins. It's a pretty simplistic way of saying it, but nonetheless it is true. Even when a plan was put together for an entire family aligned to be put to end. I want you to know, God's plan of redemption won. So don't despair. God's battle plans never lose. In the end, He will prevail. He will prevail in your life. He will prevail 
prevail in your family. He will prevail in, in whatever it is that you are walking through. Our God will prevail. Stay faithful. Make a great choice. Follow Him. And watch what our God will do. I want to give you four takeaways from this story. Real life story that took place in this uh, incredible moment of treachery, treason, murder, all of the things that accompanied this moment. I want you and I today to learn some things. And maybe if you're taking notes, write these four things down. I want to give you four things that you can walk away with today that I really believe will be an incredible blessing to you. Number one, living in evil does not make you evil. What? Listen to this. Even though she lived, Jehoshaphat, lived with two generations of evil women in her family, she chose to worship God wholeheartedly. Her faithfulness prepared her to be married to be the wife of the high priest, Jehoiada, who would also be instrumental in helping the nation of Judah return to God as a people Filled with the Spirit. You and I, today, we are leaders in this culture. We live in a culture and a world that is full of sin. We live in a world that is full of evil. But I want you to know, just because we live in a world that is evil, you and I do not have to be evil. We are not evil. Living in evil doesn't make you evil. Living in evil did not make her evil. She made a choice to follow the Lord. Good news. Just because you are surrounded, you may feel like you walk into the battle, into the throes of it every day. God is with you. Jehoshaphat could have easily said, well, you know my family. They're this, they're that, they're the other thing. They're wicked, they're evil people. I guess that's what I'm going to be too. I hear people say it all the time. That's just the way that I am. That's the way my mom was. That's the way my dad was. It's just in our family line. I'm here to tell you that God always wins. And if you have something that you need to lay down and say, I don't want to be like that. I want God to be victorious in my life. I believe with all of my heart, even on a morning like this, that God's will can prevail in your life. I encourage you, do not speak that. Speak life, not death. Speak hope. Speak victory. Let the words from your lips speak life. You do not have to, just because you live in evil, become or do as the world does. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Look at your neighbor right now and say, yeah, you're peculiar. (laughs) Some of you took great joy in telling someone that. (laughs) Speak life, not death. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 6, 20. For God bought you, excuse me, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You and I have been granted freedom. All we have to do is choose to live for Him. Second thing we learn is this. The church should be a place of refuge. Uh, this child was hidden in the temple of the Lord. He was, he was tucked away in the temple and he learned and he grew. I want you to know that, that in the same way, church, this place should be an incredible place of refuge. There is no shame. Amen? 
There's no shame. There's only walking in victory. And even when we have a defeat, we're not ashamed of it. We come and we walk through these doors and the people of God, the the brothers and sisters that we do life with, all of a sudden surround us. David described what the church should be in Psalm 27, 4 and 5. He says, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will fill, He will place me uh, out of reach on a high rock. It's crazy to think how somehow a church could be anything but that. And yet, too many times, it is. It can be a viewed, it can be viewed on the outside as a place that is filled with judgment. That is a, a, a place that is filled with control and manipulation. I want you to know that that is not our heart here at Saginaw First Assembly of God. Our heart as a church is to love people just as they are. We love them and we allow God to do His work in their lives. I believe with all of my heart that God has a call upon our body, upon this church, to be the light of the world all around the world. History many times gives us great insight into the the battlefield as we look back. Did you know that in the Persian Gulf War, 25% of American casualties, American soldiers that were killed, happened by friendly fire? Can I speak to something real quick this morning? The friendly fire that happens in the world today, I believe that it has no place in His church. It has no place in the kingdom of God. It has no place. We are not those who are drawn, those who are quickly to to send friendly fire. Why is it? I've heard it often said in a statement about church. The church is the only army that shoots its own wounded. Come on, church. Not here. Not us. God, make us a people who follow You. Let life, let hope, let us speak those things over individuals. When they're hurting, may they find the love of Your cross and Your sacrifice. And may we rejoice with them that they have found that. I believe with all of my heart This world is looking for something that's different. They're not looking for the same old, same old. They're not looking for any of those things. They're looking for a heart of people who will seek Him. Psalm 46, 1-3 through says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Isaiah 25, 4, But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, a tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm. How many of you are catching the theme? Come on, we as a church, we are the place that God sets a refuge for people. A hope for them to find. 
1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Bear with the failings of others. Don't criticize. Don't judge. Just don't. Let's worry about our own hearts and our own attitudes. Come on. How many of you know we got enough to take care of right here in ourselves? Amen? And when the people of God walk with that attitude, there is nothing that can stop them from allowing the love of God to meet every single person who walks through these doors. Number three, redemption is always in God's storyline. Part of God's storyline has always been a love for His people and how they would always seem to stray and go against the authority of God in their lives. But Christ redeems us. Bible says that He is so rich in kindness and grace that He produces our freedom with the blood of His Son who forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. The Bible tells us in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Psalm 107 uh, 1072, 102.7, excuse me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Everybody say, say so. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe. Let me, let me just rewrite that just very quickly for you. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means to speak. That means to tell your story. That means to be quick to share with others the great news, the great things that the Lord has done. Just like our brother Andy did. Can we give Andy a big hand for sharing his story with us today? To tell their story of redemption, of grace, of mercy, of life, of hope, of peace, of joy. I once was bound, but I came across Jesus. And in that moment, now I am found. Wow! What a testimony. Wow! What a moment. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Number four, when you leave sin in your life, it will destroy you. Later. When you leave sin in your life, it will destroy you later. Kelly, would you please come? Church, I just ask in these last few moments that you would open up your heart to what the Lord might be speaking to you today. In this moment, it's not about what the Lord is speaking to our neighbor to our husband, to our wife, to our children, would you in the next few moments open up your heart to what the Lord might be speaking to you? Listen to this verse. 2 Kings 12, verse 2 and 3. All his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada the priest instructed him even so 
He did not destroy the pagan shrines. And the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense, burned incense there. Joash lived pleasing. Joash was a great guy who knew the ways of the Lord. He had been taught the things of the Lord and he, he did those things. He lived in favor because those things were pleasing in the Lord's sight. Bring that to modern day. Man, I'm a good person. I do a lot of great things. I care for my neighbor. I'm kind. I, I, I talk kindly to those around me. I, I try to be pleasant with everyone that I am. But, and, and I try to do right. I, I try to live my life for the Lord. And many times I succeed. Many times it, it, it's good. And I, I walk with Him. And I'm, I'm, I'm having my devotional times. I'm trying to be real consistent in hearing from the Lord. But I'm walking with Him. However, Joash, even in that moment, the Bible says, He didn't destroy the pagan shrines. Here's what's the crazy thing. Is that the sin that remained there in the land, the sin that He allowed to continue, later, the treachery of His own servants arise from those things, conspire against Him, and they kill Joash. I want you to know that every single one of us in our hearts and in our lives, maybe we have some of those hidden things. Those things that are deep down inside of us. Can we be real this morning together. Say, God, my heart is to follow you, but if I were honest, there's some things in my life that I need to bring to you. I don't, I want to learn my lesson. Come on, how many of you want to learn our lesson from, from Joash today? God, I love you. But there's some things in my life today that I don't want to walk out of here with. There's some things that I want to leave before you that I don't want to carry with me. I don't want them to go out of here with me. I I want the victory that Andy shared about in his testimony. I, I want to walk out of here free. In Jesus' name. If you're in this room this morning, say, Pastor Kurt, I've got some things in my life. Said this, when you leave sin in your life, it will destroy you later and I don't want that later to come. I want to deal with those things right here, right now, today. Anybody in this room willing today to say, God, take those things out of my life. There's no judgment here. I'm going to ask you to join me if that's you. Would you just slip your hand all across this room? Say, God, take these things things. I want them gone. I want them out of my heart, out of my life. That's absolutely... I, I love that spirit. I love that spirit of saying yes because the truth of the matter is every single one of us in this room we have sin. 
If you're fooling yourself somehow by sitting there saying, no, I, I've got it all together. I, I don't need that. I, I love the Lord. I, I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you this. But I know deep inside, the Bible says that we all sin in many ways. We have all sinned and fallen short. We all stumble and fall. James 3, 2, I'm telling you what, the Word of God is clear for us to keep a short account with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Today, we're going to bring those things to this altar. And we're going to ask God to touch us. How many of you in this room say, I need the Lord's hand? to touch some things in my life. Come on, if that's you, lift them high. Be bold and stand to your feet all across this room. If that is you, come on, let's lift them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. If that is you, He is here and He is here to meet you today. We're going to close this service by opening these altars and I invite you in this moment to walk this step, whatever, however many steps. If you're in the front, you only have a couple. If you're in the back, you got a few more to say, Lord, here I am. Take my life. Here I am. Deal with me. Take these things and these, these, these things that I have hidden. People don't even know I'm dealing with them, but today I'm bringing them to your altar. As Kelly leads us in worship, right now I invite you to step out from where you are, find a place around this altar, and let's fill this moment with the presence of the Lord over our hearts and over our lives. Let's bring them in a humble attitude, saying, God, take me, take my heart. I'll come back in a few moments and pray over you, but until then, I encourage you to get alone with God, to meet with Him, and bring those things to His altar. In Jesus' name.
We'd love to help you take that walk, that journey, whatever that is for you. Listen, you don't have to walk through these doors and do life alone. You have an incredible body, a family of believers who love you and care for you and want to help you. Isn't that right, Saginaw First Assembly of God? You say, what do I do? How do I walk this journey out? Let me tell you, we want to help you. There's a couple of ways. You can let us know with one of those connect cards that you'd like to know, how do I take some next steps in my walk and my relationship with Jesus? We'd love to come alongside of you and help you. You can give that to one of the ushers on the way out, or you can stop by our next steps table, which is right out here. There will be people there to connect with you, help you, walk with you, do whatever it is. They'll pray with you and ask God if you, if literally in that moment, they will ask God to do whatever it is that you need to walk this journey of life. God is good. Amen. Be blessed. I pray you have an amazing week in the Lord. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless you.